Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bo, and myself wrap up our discussion on the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, looking at a New Testament passage and its application for our lives. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow. have with me today Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Ricky. I feel like a radio disc jockey or something. You should. Yeah. You get a better radio voice. Live from <laughs> Live. beautiful downtown North yes. Minneapolis. In a world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get this done uh, with. We're, gonna, no. <laughs> we're just <laughs> let's just get this over with. For the sake of the listener, oh, yeah. let's put them out of our misery. Right. No, I'm uh, just kidding. Yeah, we're going to talk more about temptation today, which isn't always a yes. uh, a fun topic. However, today, from my perspective, mm-hmm. our passage uh, is a lot more theologically satisfying. Yeah, I think just in the way hearing you talk about it pre-recording. I'm excited. It's fascinating. Excited this it's, one. Then, and this is not to take away from other parts of scripture from the Joseph story, but mm-hmm. the Joseph story mostly works on us as law. Uh, yeah. I was just you know? It does say, because we yeah, get into the right. comparison game. And I, I yep. mean, so many times we yep. do that. We see someone who, I don't know, however you want to just, seems as though they are less sinful, you know, mm-hmm. and when in fact they're not, but, mm-hmm. you know, but we see people like that and we start to yeah. begin to compare ourselves right. and stuff and we get into this comparison mm-hmm. game and it actually kind of counteracts the go- the gospel in a bad way. It almost like mm-hmm. is, is a distraction right? because we're focusing on humanity instead of focusing on Christ mm-hmm. and the cross, you know, right. so. And this, this passage too, I mean, we haven't read it yet, but this passage. Or revealed it. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. This would be like a gender reveal, yeah. sort of. Not that exciting. A scripture but, reveal. Yeah. Uh, but in this this passage, if we're not careful, it can also become uh, a club of the law on <laughs> It us. can be. We're going to see Jesus as example, and it's yes. just fine. And but That's fine. Yep. The theological significance of Jesus' as example here is what really drives it home and makes it awesome. Mm-hmm. So. All right, and, and we're talking. Here's the real. Brian's yeah. got the club. He's swinging. <laughs> it's the it's representative Matthew. of all humanity. Yeah, Christ is now not only the representative of Israel, oh. he now is the representative of all humanity mm-hmm. as a second Adam mm-hmm. to succeed where yep. the first Adam failed. And so Jesus, as Amen. the second Adam, came and he lived that perfect life that we could mm-hmm. not, so that he could then impute that perfect life, Ooh. give it to us, credit to us, so that we could be clothed in Christ's righteousness, declared innocent in the presence of the Father, remain in the presence of the Father because we're clothed in Christ's righteousness, and then at the second coming, be glorified in a way that we can't even imagine. All right, Preach. we're done. Preach. All right, you yeah. got a verse? <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, we haven't even read the passage we're studying. Let me, let me read the passage slowly. <laughs> started yeah. Then. yeah. yeah. No. All right, we're, we're reading the passage from, well, from Matthew 4, um, also found in Luke. Um, Luke 4, Luke yeah, four. you got it. Yeah. Is also Luke 4? Yeah. yeah. Um, the temptation of Jesus. So let's, let's hear this passage. It says, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Amen. Amen. Does anyone else have on eagle's wings running through their heads like I do? No. No, I've got Romans. I got Romans 7 because, you know, the first thing that you just want to think is like, why is it so difficult to resist temptation? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and again, we kind of get our eyes on ourselves. Yeah. But honestly, the whole focus of this whole mm-hmm. text is to get our eyes off of ourselves and mm-hmm. onto Jesus and onto our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yep. yep. So there's there's three layers going on here, and this I'm, I love doing this study. This is All one right. of my favorite Bible here studies. Here we go. Uh, three layers of Christ's substitution. Okay. Christ is standing in Adam and Eve's place mm-hmm. in their failure in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Christ is standing in the nation of Israel's place mm-hmm. in their failure in the wandering in the desert. And then Christ is ultimately standing in our place as we fail mm. to resist temptation. Hmm. And just in case you're wondering, Jason and I did not discuss this before we started, but mm-hmm. we yet landed yeah. in the same place yeah. because scripture yeah. Is scripture and yep. the Holy Spirit scripture is divine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's fascinating because where I would su- I would say I would speculate most people go off is using Christ as example, which is what Purely we just and did. Only, yeah. But and, as a way to guilt us into what Jesus did this, why and, can't you? And that's right. there, but that is a secondary layer to the primary mm-hmm. point at, of the text. At, yeah. at most, it's a secondary layer, and it might be buried further than that. Which is not to say it's not important, but mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> you can learn using scripture and in the face of temptation and, and yeah. so on. But. And reminding yourself that a lot of times uh, Satan's deception has a smattering of truth in it mm-hmm. as Satan twists the scriptures here. Yeah. And so it's interesting. You have to kind of like, okay, well, what's fake about this? We're, mm-hmm. you know, And we, we sometimes get deceived and we buy into it because mm-hmm. it has that smattering yeah. of truth in right. it. Yeah, and for, for me, the... The least appealing of the three scenarios we laid out was actually the middle one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the most commonly interpreted one, Christ succeeds where Israel failed in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. You know, you have mm-hmm. the temptation of the bread. Yeah. You have the temptation of testing God, mm-hmm. uh, which the Israelites did. You have the temptation of idol worship. Yep. The three tools to wage war against the devil. Yeah, yeah right. So, the, I find it much more compelling to see this, this passage as a direct contradiction to the Garden of Eden. Hmm. And it's it's almost systematic. Yeah, make those connections from my perspective. So, Mister Systematician. Yeah, you have the 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 key in the Garden of Eden. What is Satan's temptation? How does he? Has God really said? Has God really said? Or I I really love the ESV translation. There, did God actually say? (laughs) Okay. Yep. That's exactly the starting point of Satan with Jesus here. You need to go back to chapter three. And God says, God Mm -hmm. actually says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Satan 
comes to him, the tempter comes to Jesus and said, if you are the son of God. Okay, what, what do we know? God says, this is my son. Mm-hmm. So Satan says, did God actually say? say yeah. And then from there on, it's all the same exact temptations as the Garden of Eden. The same exact temptations. He tempts them with food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he tempts them with the intentions mm, of food. God. The second temptation is uh, God will take care of you. You know, it's, you know, Satan wants them in the Garden of Eden to be unhappy about what God has withheld. Yeah. You will be like God. And then that's the final one mm-hmm. is, you know, I will give you all these kingdoms. You will be just like God. It's the same temptations and Jesus resists. He resists mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. as an example to us. Yep. But most importantly, what you said at the beginning of the episode, Brian, he resists mm-hmm as a substitute for us. And that mm. is why we can be encouraged in spite of our sin yeah. that Christ's active obedience is just as important for our redemption as his passive obedience mm. is. So Christ's passive obedience, the one that we talk about when we preach the cross, is that Jesus was punished for your sins and my sins, mm-hmm. that Jesus received the death sentence that we justly deserved for rebelling against God's authority. That's Christ's passive obedience. But Christ's active obedience, I don't think is talked about enough, mm. that in his yeah. life, he was being the faithful son of God. Right. He was being right the faithful Adam. And, and yep. you know, so Adam in scripture in the genealogy is called the son of God. Yeah. Adam was an unfaithful son of God. Israel is the son of God, the children of God. That's what the Israelites are called. Yeah. Throughout the Old Testament, the Israelites are unfaithful. And to see this text as only example is mm. actually to kind of walk in that heresy of adoptionism. Sure. You know, we've got those bracelets, which I would call silly and kind of yeah. the what would Jesus do bracelets. Yep. Wrong question. Totally wrong question, because that makes Jesus the first Christian. Mm-hmm. Jesus can't be a Christian because he's not a sinner saved by grace. No, he is Christ, the atoning sacrifice. He is Christ, mm-hmm. the Savior, Lord, Redeemer. The right question is, what would Jesus have me do in the power of the Spirit? That's that's the right question. But to diminish Christ's atoning sacrifice as purely example is to, to diminish the Son of God to being the first Christian, which is a heresy that is something that we should be fighting against from the pulpit with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And it's a, it's a heresy that's been condemned from the earliest days of the church yep. and, and rejected. But, you know, we would, we would realize, too, if we asked what would Jesus do, well, he might call you Satan. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, like he did Peter. Yeah, he might, you know. Yeah, get behind me, Satan. You know, yeah. things like he might spit in your face and make mud. I mean, things like this. Yeah, open your eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Jesus as the substitute, this is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Because what we're told in Scripture, my most favorite verse in the entire Bible, 2 Corinthians 5.21, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might be the righteousness of God, mm-hmm. is that what Jesus Amen. is doing here. In listening to God, in pleasing God, in resisting temptation, that is what my righteousness looks like right now to God. Mm -hmm. God looks at me, he sees Christ. You're credited and clothed with that perfect life. And that's amazing. I don't think we in the church dwell on that enough. We don't. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's... to our discredit and to our harm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. all throughout the Testament, there's two aspects of sin, and you see this in Leviticus and the Day of Atonement in 16, where there's payment for sin and then a removal of sin. 
And so since we talked about in this in these four episodes, including this one, mm-hmm. of course, now that we are simultaneously saint yep. and sinner, how do we remain do we remain in the presence of a perfect God while we're still sinners? We do so clothed in, in the Christ, righteousness right. yeah, yeah, yeah. of Jesus Christ. And so the yep. removal is that clothed with Christ's righteousness, and one day it will be fully removed in mm-hmm. our new glorified bodies at the second coming of Christ Jesus, our yep. Lord and Savior. But that's the only reason we we can go before a holy God at all and present ourselves is because of Christ. Mm-hmm. And again, if we take and we think it has anything to do with us or our piety or our holiness, it's not. It's a total deception. Mm-hmm. It is totally and entirely because of the righteousness of Christ that's been credited, imputed to us, and clothed us in that, Mm -hmm. that we can remain in the presence of a holy God until that second coming, until God calls us home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, that kind of brings us back to the subject of temptation altogether. We think about what Jesus has done for us. And I think we've covered this probably once or twice on the podcast before, but this is a quote that I always attribute to Luther. I don't know if it was Luther. So it's one of those things if Luther didn't say he should have, but he he said the, the greatest trick the devil uh, pulls on Christians is convicting them of sins that have already been forgiven. <laughs> That's a temptation mm-hmm. right there is that uh, we need to remember in light of what Christ is doing here, in light of what Christ is doing all throughout the gospels, in light of what scripture teaches us, our sins by faith and by the declaration of God belong to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He has yeah. taken them and made him his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this episode will be about a month or so after all of this Brent Kavanaugh yeah, thing has right. ended. And can I tell you that mm-hmm. as you brought up how the devil wants us to be plagued by sins that are already forgiven, mm-hmm. that's exactly what has happened to me through this process. Hmm. If that process, the examination mm-hmm. that he went through would be done in my life, mm-hmm. because for from the ages oh. of 18 through 24, I did some atrocious things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, nothing illegal. I can I can adamantly say nothing that we could be punishable in a court of law. Yeah, but something but that in, in, God's in God's divine court, court of yeah. law would be absolutely appalling, mm-hmm. and and the scrutiny, if that scrutiny would would be over my life, I I think everyone would begin to see like why is he doing this podcast? Why is he even a pastor? He has no right to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. He doesn't deserve to be a pastor. And that's what the devil would say to us. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and but then, but I'll, I'm almost done. <laughs> I, I promise, I promise, I'll keep it short. But in the gospel, as I've said before, that even as a disciple, I need to hear yeah. that gospel, yeah. yep, that yep. in Christ, all past, present, and yep. future sins have been forgiven, mm-hmm. and that I have the honor right. as a redeemed person because of what Christ has done Mm-hmm. To convey this great love to to someone who's been forgiven a lot, much love mm-hmm. comes out of. And so there's a part of me mm-hmm. that is in the redemption of Christ thankful for the amount and magnitude yeah. of my sin. But there is a part of me too that the devil pokes at. It's mm-hmm. like, what are you what are you thinking? You can't be a pastor. Look what you did. Look what look at these things that you used to do. Mm-hmm. What if you had to go through that scrutiny, man? What mm-hmm. if your congregation saw all of those things that you did and thought Ugh. in private? Yikes. You know what I'm saying? But in Christ Jesus, that righteousness is what speaks in and through me mm-hmm. as I yield myself to the Holy Spirit because of the faith Christ has given me mm-hmm. through the gospel. And if as long as we stay humble and we understand the source of everything in our life, that mm-hmm. apart from Christ, we can do nothing, that's a beautiful place to be. Again, it's back to that dependency we talked about, Lord, lead us not. Mm-hmm. That dependency 
on our good shepherd that leads us and, and guides us through our life. Yep. Yep. Oh, it's, it's what I was getting to is this whole reason why we continually preach the forgiveness of sins, why we're not as pastors preaching moral improvement, mm-hmm. why we're not behavior modification, doing <sighs> behavior modification is because our people and we ourselves mm-hmm. in our churches are constantly forgetting that we're forgiven sinners. Yeah, we need right. to hear it. And it's not that you don't want to grow in Christ Jesus, you know, sure. and it's not, but what it is, is is if we do that, if we just do mm-hmm. behavior modification, again, we're actually bringing it back to a form of adoptionism. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what we're doing. We're not resting in the freedom of Christ. But if we don't allow that freedom of Christ, as Paul said, do I continue in sin that grace may abound, may it never be. We never, that's that's flippantly looking at the, at the atoning sacrifice of Christ and saying, oh yeah, I deserve that, is what mm-hmm. that is. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. And if we have, have motives purified in the Holy Spirit, it doesn't, it doesn't end up being this moralistic behavioral modification thing. What it is, it's a dying to ourself, as Christ has described, and being a living sacrifice, as Paul described, and that is the way we worship Christ, allowing to, him to transform us, allowing the great potter, capital P, to mold us and shape us into the person mm-hmm. he wants us to be, not to earn brownie points or anything like that, but to glorify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's... You know, I, I look at how many people I've ministered to as a pastor and, yeah. and how it used to be in my life. God could not save a sinner like me. I am far too wicked. I'm far too gone. Or I'm not going to go up to communion today because mm. I'm not <laughs> worthy. Mm. And in, in the message from passages like this, from the death and resurrection of Christ, is you aren't worthy. Mm-hmm which is why God has taken it on himself to do the redeeming and not left it up to was us. Luther's quote, devil, you don't know the half of it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, you're, you're, it's, we are so far, and we talked about this, I think, three episodes ago, we are so far removed from what our sin actually looks like. Mm. If, if we knew how bad it really was, it would crush us. Mm-hmm. And then here we have Christ, Matthew 4. Who was tempted in every way. Who was tempted in yeah. every way, yet without sin. We have Christ immediately after his baptism, who is now the sin bearer. Mm-hmm. He has identified himself with sinful humanity. He, he you know, the, the Lutheran church has historically taught that as Christ comes out of the waters of baptism, he's bearing the sins of humanity. He's their representative, you know, and it's, it's an interesting thought that now Christ... As the representative of humanity, the first thing that is done to him after his baptism, he's taken up to be tempted. Mm-hmm. And he succeeds. Yeah. Can you imagine if if Christ would have skipped the whole living the life he lived on earth and yeah. just went right to the cross? It wouldn't have quite the it wouldn't have it the would, impact of it would be hard to preach the gospel all the time. And, with, and, and it wasn't that. God's will. Because mm-hmm. there were several times where he could have been killed earlier. And mm-hmm. he protected himself for our sake. He ran away from, from those times of danger for our sake. Mm-hmm. And he did it to complete the work that he was sent to, to accomplish. Yeah. Everything, I, you know, everything we see in Christ's life in the Gospels, it, it seems to me as if he's reversing some failure mm-hmm. of humanity yeah. from the Old Testament. Yep. There, there, there's something always there. There's something always that he's fulfilling. Mm-hmm. So that we have the exact Savior we need. Yeah. 
You know, it's there, there's no more objection to be made. And that he is the exact yeah. Savior mm-hmm. that yeah. we need. Yeah, there's yeah. no more objection. There's no more, you, you haven't done enough, God. I, I've screwed it up too much. Mm-hmm. None of that can be possible yep. because of the perfection and the completeness of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Redemption from beginning to end. Yep. Jesus is the Savior we need. He's also the Savior we have. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's for our comfort. And it is Amen. written. Yeah. yeah, it is written. And, and you know, it's Jesus uses scripture. Yep. To fight deception, that's example for us, primary way in which we can resist temptation, and this is a lesson to be learned, but the primary way in which we can resist temptation is that we can use scripture. We go to the truth of what God says. The, the, the primary means of the way the devil tempts us is, did God actually say, am I going to do this sin? Did God actually say it was that bad to do that thing? Mm. Knowing scripture helps us walk through that. Did, did God actually say your sin is bad? It comes down to, yeah, our sin in scripture, God says your sin has created a separation between me yep. and you. Yep. You know? Now, Jesus didn't um, give himself over or trust anyone because he knew what was within the heart of man. No. Mm-hmm. Heart is deceitful and above all things and desperately sick. Who can know it? Mm-hmm. All of these things going on in our lives. Yeah. And we're learning practical lessons from Christ, absolutely, but we are seeing our redemption in action as Jesus takes our place. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's a, I think that's a good place to wrap up this episode. Hebrews chapter 2, mm-hmm. beginning in verse 14. Since therefore the children, humanity, share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. And deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to a lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become the merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself was suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us next time as Pastor Jason, Pastor Brett, and myself continue our discussion on the Lord's Prayer. God bless you and have a great week.